This is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. And down the stretch we come. If we are speaking UFA in the world of the National Hockey League, little over, what, maybe 50 hours until officially we kick into unrestricted free agency. Hope everybody had a great weekend. I'm Nick Kiprio. Salong for the ride, of course, as always, Justin Bourne. Sitting in for our Sammy, who's on assignment, is Tristan Markajani. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sammy Markajani. Hey, we got to give Sammy some props, don't we? He's golfing somewhere out west, isn't he? And at least he won his tournament. He was in a match play tournament. He won four separate match play events. Maybe five. Do you think Liv makes him an offer? (laughs) 200 million? 200 million. We lost Sammy to the Liv tour. That would be awesome. Oh, and Tristan slides right in. Hope everybody had a great weekend. I'm not sure how great your weekend is if you're a team looking for a goalie. There aren't any. (laughs) (laughs) And that's where we are. Our own Elliot Friedman from Sportsnet uh, sent out a a tweet uh, talking about talks heating up between the Ottawa Senators and the Toronto Maple Leafs for goaltender Matt Murray. Oh, sorry. Are you okay, (laughs) JB? Yeah, I'm okay. So, so much talk all season long. Jack. Jack's amazing. Soon. Jack's struggling. Jack's worth between five and six million. No, he's not. Yes, he is. But at any point during those conversations over the stretch of this regular season, did you, JB, ever envision that Jack could not be back, and he would be replaced next season oh, with man. Matt Murray. It feels like the plot of trying to win the Stanley Cup has been lost for the plot of trying to find the most uh, value, the most value in a contract. Like, oh, well, this guy could. He had a decent little blip last year, and if he really retain half, he could over, you know, exceed his value. Like, what, what are we doing here, Kipper? Matt Murray, you know, no disrespect to Matt Murray's career. He's had wonderful years and he won two Stanley Cups. Great. For three years, he's stunk. Right? What are the Leafs trying to do? Do they see two teams retaining and him being a value backup? Do they see Ottawa attaching an asset so the Leafs could get another value player? I mean, there's no chance the starting goalie for the Leafs is Matt Murray in the year that Kyle Dubas's job is on the line. Well, if it hadn't been already, but it's it's now or never. Matt Murray? And I, I, to answer your question, it's yes, 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 yes to your value and uh, the analytic side of it and the percentages. And he's not much different than Peter Morazic, where, again, Kyle oh, Dubas good. will look at Matt Murray and say, he can't be that bad again next year. He's 28 years old, right? Like this, if you're, I'm doing Dubas here, he's 28. He was a 906 on a bad hockey team last year. This is the the Dubas would be thinking, you know, you you, you get a, a goalie for three million dollars, 
you know, instead of with the cost of whatever. And, you know, oh, dare I mention it, Kipper? He played in the Sioux. He's a Sioux St. Marie Greyhound who Kyle is familiar with, which is Kyle's favorite thing on earth. He's also been around for Stanley Cups, and he's only 28. You, I don't know if you. No, no, I meant in a good way. No, 28 yeah. is young. He's it, not. It's yeah. young. Yeah. And, uh, we know that goaltenders just start maturing at 26, 27, and they can run till they're 34, 35. And to answer your question, I think, yes, that they look at this and they see the upside. And the biggest upside I think that they see, JB, is that they can get them at a fraction of the cost. I don't think Ottawa is in a position where they're going to offer 50% off of the dollar. But again, I could be wrong. Pierre Dorian, Pierre Dorian has made it abundantly clear. He is desperate to get rid of Matt Murray and he does not want Matt Murray back to the point where he was offered to Buffalo. And then there was the, I don't know again, if it was trying to put pressure on him, but there was the thought that, Hey, we could even buy you out. And I would think that Matt Murray would go, hey, buy me out. Yeah, let's go, bub. Please buy me out. Stretch out the money that you owe me over four years. I'll go get I'll, a new deal. I'll get a brand new deal with the Toronto Maple Leafs. And last time I checked, the going rate for starting goalies with no proven record or experience down Three mil. Playoff stretches is about three and a half, four million bucks. By the way, Matt Murray's not a starting goalie anymore, though. Right? That's not the contract yeah, no, he'd be able to. No, he, he, he would be looked upon as a starting goalie for the Toronto Maple Leafs if, if Kyle Dubas got him. We have just spent six minutes and 18 seconds presenting the Kool-Aid for Leafs fans to drink, and I had a sip, Kipper, and it tastes a bit like cat yeah. pee. Yeah, it, <laughs> I, I do listen, not want to drink this Kool-Aid. I, I get it. I, I get it. I'm just playing where the Leafs are at this point. Right. And beggars cannot be choosers. That's There's a reason why that line has mm-hmm. stuck around for a century. Are they beggars? I guess you tell beggars. me. You tell me right now, Kyle Dubas's choices. Ugh. I can't, I can't, I can't, yeah, I can't. You, can't. It's, you know, it's, um, you know, the guy who just won the Stanley Cup, Darcy Kemper, the least involved, no disrespect to Kemper, but like, it wasn't like he stole a cup or something. He was, he was on the cup winning team. After that, the list is, is there's no list. There's no list. Billy so, Uso signed. So Jack Campbell, I guess, is the other guy. Why is Kemper not re-upped in Colorado? Well, they traded for Gorgiev. Because Inside. Joe Sackick didn't want to go five plus. That's it. And so that's so, what Kemper's going to want from Toronto. That's what Kemper's going to want. Also, and an injury. The feeling problem. is that it's lining up a lot more for the Washington Capitals than it is for Toronto or Edmonton. So let me ask you this, JB. With the thought that Jack Campbell will end up in Edmonton. Who's under more pressure? Ottawa to get rid of Matt Murray or Toronto 
for needing to take him. Ottawa's under no pressure because they don't care if they win or lose yet, right? Like they're. I understand that. I disagree with that. I disagree. Oh, I is it turning the corner time? I guess they traded for Debrinket. They they say it's go time. Tremendous pressure. Oh. now to make the playoffs. Talk to me. What am I yeah. missing? Uh, Forty goal score added to the team, who's on the clock to uh, re up. Like you're gonna have to. You're gonna to have to qualify him next year mm-hmm. at I think nine or ten million dollars. Oh, that's so oh. you don't make that trade to say that we're gonna be good in two years or three years. That's a that's a pressure point to make the playoffs. I, I guess I think Ottawa a tremendous amount of pressure on Ottawa here, feels to me like they have a lot of good vibes right now. Like, you know, they the, the LeBreton Flats thing seems like it's happening. The rebuild has brought them good players that are exciting. They just traded yeah. for a good player. Like, I feel like if they're okay next year, everyone's like, okay, things are coming along in the plan here. The Leafs, the Leafs have to like, well, at least have to win a, a round. We know that. But they have to do more than that. Or it's everyone. It's everyone's head. It's a core player. It's Dubas. It's we can't even debate would that happen if they don't win again this year. This is it. So I just don't feel like the pressure to bring Matt Murray in is high because I don't feel like he's he helps them. You know, I, there's no pressure to bring me in because I stink. So with the Leafs alleviating uh, some cap pressure off of the Mrazic trade. There was a sense, at least going into the weekend, that they could revisit Jack Campbell, that that brought Jack maybe back into play. Now, here we are. It's Monday, and uh, I think it was reported that Kyle Dubas had met um, with Jack Campbell's camp, uh, Kurt Overhart, and uh, unproductive meeting, I think Darren Drager reported. Mm -hmm. So, friendly. I'm... I'm, like it, it, it was the same essential discussion that he probably had with Kurt or or Jack at the end of the uh, regular season, end of the meetings. It was no different. I got to think at this point, outside of Jack being really hurt, that uh, there was never a a serious run at him. That once again. This this thing is over between Jack Campbell and the Toronto Maple Leafs going into Monday, and and especially what we're hearing about Matt Murray and the talks there. Like, can we put a lid on this? Is it over, JB? No, I don't think so, Kipper. Like, I, I just see the options for Jack Campbell also have gotten swallowed up in all this. Vedek Vanacek gets traded from Washington, New Jersey. New Jersey signs Vanacek. Gorgiev goes to Colorado. He gets signed. Huso goes to Detroit. He gets signed. Not only are goalies going, but teams are getting filled up too. For I mean, who's left for Campbell? It's Edmonton, Toronto, right? So yeah, yeah. but 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 do you have? All you need is one, JB. It's like I know, selling I your know, house. I know, I know. All you need is one buyer, and there is a That's buyer. That's it. One buyer. Yeah. And two. going into Monday, everybody believes Jack's got Edmonton in his back pocket at five times five. I tell you what, that is a deal that I would give Jack Campbell in a heartbeat over taking Matt Murray at three or whatever his value deal is going to be. Like Jack Campbell has the potential at 30 years old to be a 
starter in the NHL, 50 games, 55 games, 907, 910, somewhere in there. Like I, I see you have a starting goalie in Jack Campbell. There is a chance Matt Murray's an AHL goaltender at this point. I understand his last year was fine. I understand that. I understand his past, but I have watched enough Matt Murray over the past couple of years. Who's also injury prone to go. Oh man. Like there's a chance he's not an NHLer right now. So I don't care what value I, he I, is. By the way, I, I, go ahead. I, I can't disagree with you. I can't. And it's up to Matt Murray now to, uh, to go into any situation and, and prove you wrong and everyone else. For wrong. sure. And Dubas obviously believes in the person and has seen the success he's had and thinks that he can get value there where the public perception of him is wrong, that he's better than what people like me just said. Maybe that's the case. Just watching Kyle Dubas over the years and trying to just, you know, kind of figure him out somewhat, which is really hard, by the way. Um, I don't think if he play if he makes the move for Matt Murray, that it is a definitive moving forward here. Uh, and And that's, that's the feeling that I'm getting from you that, uh, you know, once you commit to Matt Murray, it's Matt Murray, uh, mm-hmm. uh, for the next two years. And I don't think he looks at it that way. Right. If they I retain... think he looks at it okay. where he, he, he brings him in at a, at an undervalued number. And I don't know what that is. Three and a half on the leaf side. Does Ottawa retain 50% of it, 40%, 30%? But whatever it is, it will be, in his opinion, a little undervalued. And I think he just rolls the dice to start October, November, December. And if he needs Murray to and Shalgren. revisit... Sorry? Murray and Shalgren to start the yeah. year. Yeah. And it's what I said earlier. And, you know, it's so funny because people are like, ah, oh, Kiprios was just full of crap about... Uh, Mrazic and uh and Wall starting. No. And I, I do believe if if Chicago weren't as big as 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 big as suckers as they played out, that was still real. Oh, a hundred percent. And I don't think it's any different if you bring in Matt Murray, that he will go with Matt Murray and whoever he has on a backup. And if he needs to revisit in November, December, and and the tr- and and the trade deadline. He will do it. He, he'll move Matt Murray out. He'll send him yeah. to the Marlies, and he will go find another goalie. I think once you're outside of your major commitments to your Tavares's and Nylanders and Morgan Riley's and Matthews yeah. and those guys, then he'll look at uh, two-thirds of his roster and go interchangeable, in or out, uh, no commitment, mm-hmm. no nothing, just in and out. And that's the way I think he's going to run his team for the next two years. I, I think I think it's just one of those, we, we won't look any further than um, a month or two into this. I think that's a really smart take, Kipper. Like, you know, it's not like if you trade for Matt Murray that the thought is, all right, we have fixed our starting goalie position and now we'll move on to whatever's next. Like, it's like, okay, this guy's a cheap stopgap that we believe is at least an NHL starter. We're not sure about Shalgren or Wall. So we have a guy we think can be an NHL player anyway, maybe not starter. And he can, we'll give him a chance. We'll see if he plays well. If he plays well, we'll keep him. If he doesn't, well, on to the next thing we can find in the trade market, try to get someone else to retain, whatever it is you got to do down the road. Um, I don't know how you feel in this division though, Kipper, going ahead with the game plan of, ah, we'll just see how it goes. Like you could miss the playoffs if you tank it for the first month and a half because you got yeah. no goaltending. I think I I I don't think there's a shred 
of uh, thought from Kyle or Brendan that this roster with most goalies will miss the playoffs. They look, they look at Matt Murray and think that he, he could give up four and we can still end up with two points that night. Florida. That's what I think they look at the roster. Tampa, Boston, Ottawa's better. Detroit's better. Buffalo's better. I don't know, man. I'm not as confident. Listen, I'm not saying the Leafs aren't going to be a playoff team and a great team, but I wouldn't take anything for granted in this division. There's there's less pushovers, and the top teams are still very, very good. So, And uh, Vili Husso uh, to Detroit really put the clamps on a lot of teams, including Toronto. That thing just... For a third, think, too. A third? Right? Okay. It's nothing. 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 And it, it changed things dramatically. Yeah. And there isn't, like, a, like a, we started the show. Like, where, where do you go now if you're Kyle Dubas? There aren't that many choices out there. And at least Matt Murray can come in with somewhat of a, of a comfort with uh, their connections to the Sioux and Stanley Cup resume. And a short-term deal left, two years. Yeah, that's appealing too, right? It's just two years at $3 million? Yeah. I think that's if you're Dubas, that's how you look at it. Would we want Matt Murray at two years and $3 million? And you go, well, okay. You know, he's cheaper than Mrazek. He's, you know, we like him more than Mrazek. So, sure, I'll make that flip. (laughs) I'm going to give you one more chance. Can can the Leafs go back to Jack Campbell one more time yes. or is it over? No, they can. They can for sure. If Jack says, hey, Kyle, I talked to Ken Holland. He offered me five times five. What do you think? And Kyle, I say, I'll give you five times 5.01. Let's go. Stay a Leaf. You know you're beloved. You know you know the guys. You're, you're the, it's a good room here. Jack, we got a chance to win. It's the Oilers. You don't want to do that. Do you think at this point for for Kyle Dubas to not – make one offer to him legit offer up until this point you think he gives a crap of what uh the players think of jack campbell if he did there would have been an offer by now jb i'm trying to think like what would be the point of not making an offer except to say that we don't think it's there for you jack go ahead go to ufa you're gonna find out it's not there for you and and that's how it looks and that's what probably hurts the most for Jack is that he had this emotional attachment to the room, the fans, the media, like he had it all here. And it's like Kyle's completely either forgotten about it or does not want to acknowledge it. But it's not playing a factor in their decision right now, JB. It is interesting how often he lumped him in with everyone else where it was just like, yeah, he's one of the guys that aren't signed. He's no more important, no, no less important. You know, we, I don't think they thought he was great for them at times this year. And so they, they treated him like a guy who, you know, didn't need to be chased around and coveted, which would imply they would need to pay him a boatload. I, you know, there is this element of dating where it's like not hard to get, but don't show too much interest. I don't know. You know, is that part of it that, just trying not to show Jack. If you chase him around, all of a sudden you got to pay him all this money. Oh, if you love me this yeah. much, pay me, pay me, pay me. But, uh, but if it's dating, you're lo- you're looking for something better. You want to go back to a 
to somebody that you didn't value me. searching for better the whole time and has to now what settle for you scram beat it <laughs> scram beat it's a great expression all right plenty to get into uh frank saravelli of course one of the uh Good ones out there when it comes to NHL insiding information will join us momentarily. We're going to talk Johnny Goudreau. Uh, we're going to talk uh, the Chicago Blackhawks. What are and they doing? Where they go from here. The seller. And what is Patrick Kane thinking about going into this week? Now, JB, I can tell you from what I've gathered so far, the early indications are that he will not ask Chicago for a trade. Wow, really? I am shocked, and I'm not being sarcastic. I know that came off sarcastic, but I am genuinely shocked. Really? Listen, this this, this could change on, on many fronts. Of course. Uh, but uh, he loves it there. He's made it abundantly clear. Chicago made it abundantly clear that they weren't going to they won't chop him. They won't trade him. But it changes if Pat Kane goes up to you and says, I don't like what I'm seeing and I'd like to move on. But I don't get the sense that that's going to happen, at least in the near future here. Going into the season, what happens between uh, the end of the summer, training camp, Christmas, Next trade deadline, like all bets are that, off. That's what it is to me, Kipper. Like, you know, this is a thing where the guys are happy here, um, Kate and Kane and Taves, and they've been there lifers. They have a chance to be lifelong Blackhawks, yada, yada. But you get to the deadline after four months of losing. Tank, tank, tank. Their contracts are, you're only owed five and a half million, right? They're half gone. And the Blackhawks say to them, what do you think, guys? Do you want to go? Do you want a chance to go in a Stanley Cup? We'll trade you to, they have no moves. So you could say, we'll trade you to Colorado. We'll trade you to Tampa. We'll trade you to Toronto. We'll trade, <laughs> trade you to one of those teams. Do you want to go do it? It's a Tavares thing where, you know, they can go do it. And if they want to be free agents that summer and sign back in Chicago, go for it. I don't know. I, I get why these guys want to just like, let's see how the season goes. Well, we know deep down he's got to be pissed right Kane. we know that yeah that's no fun you don't want to play meaningless games all year no but the at the same time he he does have some he has some options clearly he is a very powerful guy still in the national hockey league oh, he'll yeah. be able to call his own shots here on how this thing plays out and if i'm him i'm just not in any rush to make <sighs> any type of decisions here. He's got the no move for the rest of this season. He's unrestricted at the end of the year. So I, I got a ton of options. If I'm Pat Kane, yeah. I can go back and just play the season out. I can turn around tomorrow and I don't know. I'm a little achy here. Maybe I'll go have a cleanup surgery. Yeah. Maybe I'll come back at like Christmas and play half a season. Maybe I'll just wait for the trade deadline and see what's out there. 
He was 14th four. in the league in scoring. He had 92 points. This guy's still a guy. Capital G. Oh, no. And he's going to be the man for the next five years. He's going to stay at the top of his game for for quite a long time to, to turn next season into a windfall for him. He's going to be a 10-plus million-dollar player for five or six years next year. So there's a chance that he may turn around and say, hey, Chicago, I'm still loving it here. I'm just going to play out my season, sign in the summer, and you guys get a bag of feathers for me. How's that? (laughs) All right. All right. We got someone with us, Gary. All right. We We got Johnny Hockey Talk. We got... We got Pat Kane talk, and we got Frank Saravelli joining us now. Uh, Frank, how, how how busy are you, and how was that phone on on Sunday afternoon treating you? Uh, it was uh, plugged into the wall because I needed <laughs> all the juice I could get. Lots going on right now. Where do you want to start? Because you seem to be on top of this, Johnny Goudreau. Uh, you had tweeted out that uh, your sources were telling you no traction in talks to this point. Do we believe, Frank, that Calgary has maxed out on their offer and it's just a matter of, hey, Johnny, uh, pooper, get off the pot? <laughs> yeah, I think there's a little bit of that going on. I, to be honest, I, I've never gotten the sense at any point, guys, that this has been about money with Johnny Gaudreau and the Flames. I truly believe Calgary has backed up a Brinks truck to Johnny Gaudreau's house, and it's been sitting there idling for the last six weeks. Like, nice. you know, Brad Tree Living's at the wheel just going, what are we doing here? Like, I, you know, we've presented a great offer to you. There's room to move. I truly believe that at the end of the day, if Johnny Gaudreau wanted to push and said, hey, uh, I need, you know, eight years, 11 million per, that the Flames would move to do it. I don't. This is not about money. This has always been about you tell us that you want to be a Calgary Flame and we'll work out a deal. And to this point, with now less than 48 hours to the real deadline for Johnny Gaudreau, because that's when the Flames lose their ability at 11.59 on Tuesday night to offer an eight-year deal, that they haven't come to the Flames and said, we want to be here. And so until that happens, if it happens, they're really nowhere to this point. So but they've been cordial. Both sides have said all the right things. Uh, you know, the Calgary's tried to remain as positive as possible, but there's been no progress. Johnny had made it clear months uh, going into the stretch. He loves it in Calgary, and uh, he, he could see himself staying. So was, was that BS? No, I I don't think it's BS, Kipper. I think it's that, Well, I think Johnny Gaudreau is torn. I think there is this idea of well, I have I have an idea of what I think the market looks like, but I don't know what it actually is until we get to Wednesday or closer to it. And how would this you know how's this all going to play out? Am I gonna and my career in Calgary, is my number going to be in the rafters? You know, how competitive is our team? Gonna, like, all those things have gone into it, but you're right. Like, he has said all the right things, but when it comes to actions, it hasn't exactly been there in terms of proving it. If he really does want to be a Calgary Flame, 
he's really gone about it in an odd way trying to show it. Yeah, and there's the risk that when you leave organizations, you become, I don't know, something like John Tavares where the Islanders fans are like, well, he never played here. You know, you just you don't want to lose those years that you had. So he's in a tough spot. How does it affect, like, what dominoes hinge on this? Is Matthew Kachuk waiting to find out if he's going to sign? Is it the Flyers who are making some plan waiting on him? What what else hinges on the Gaudreau decision? I mean, a lot. For Calgary, first off, they've been paralyzed uh, to this point because he would be eating up such a large chunk of their cap, whether it's nine and a half as sort of the number that they put down on paper originally to present to Gaudreau, or it's more than that. Um, and that's been part of the conversation as well. Like, Hey, as I mentioned, they're willing to move. I think they're willing to pay him whatever it takes. Um, and the, the point being to the Gaudreau camp to this point has been, well, you know, each extra 500000 that you take on your AAV, it's just 500000 less that we can offer to someone else. But, like, hey, we're happy to pay you. Um, some would, would look at the cap situation and say, well, if Johnny's not coming back, well, then that might make life easier for Matthew Kachuk to resign just from a money perspective. And I would argue that it makes it a lot harder. You know, they're in a spot where – He's one year away from unrestricted free agency, needs a new deal, and he's had this line mate that he's had a ton of success with. And if Johnny's not back, it also quite clearly makes their team less competitive. I think if Johnny's not coming back, that they're probably going to have to consider moving Matthew Kachuk at some point. They're not there yet, and there seemed to be a lot of talk and buzz about that last week. But I can tell you that the Flames have not engaged in any sort of talk uh, with other teams to this point to potentially move Matthew Kachuk. They may have to get there, though. What happens with the rest of their guys? Andrew Mangiapane, you know, they've got some UFA defensemen. Like, there's a whole trickle-down effect. How much money is left if Johnny does come back? Like, they're in an unenviable position. They really may have to be going from Pacific Division winners to a team that's sort of starting over, depending on how the next 48 to 72 hours play out. Wow. And for, for Johnny, like, he's got, you know, some big decisions to make and some other teams that are chasing him, they have decisions to make. Like, if, you know, there's been so many rumors about, you know, New Jersey or the Islanders or the Flyers, like, you know, is New Jersey going after JT Miller? Are they going after Johnny Gaudreau? Like, who is their target up front? Um, you know, what about the Flyers? Do they have to clear cap space in order to make something like this happen for Johnny Gaudreau? So we may see some some shoes drop here in the next, you know, even today. Um, you know, it, it certainly feels like today is where the rubber meets the road for Johnny in Calgary. Either he's coming back or he's not. We're joined by... Daily Faceoff Insider Frank Saravalli, uh, Kurt Overhart made it abundantly clear to us uh, that he—I uh, don't think he was very happy with the uh, the the Nylander for uh, Gibson uh, <clears throat> rumors that were out there. Uh, so uh, he made it clear that uh, Gibson has no interest in playing for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Did that shrink the the musical chairs here, in terms of uh, where Kyle Dubis goes and? Do you see Matt Murray starting for the Toronto Maple Leafs come this fall? You know, it, it certainly seems like that's more likely as the hours pass. Um, 
I don't know that they ever really engaged at all with the Anaheim Ducks on the possibility of Gibson. Um, and the ask has been really high from Anaheim the entire offseason. And understandably so. Like, this is a guy that has cost certainty and term uh, for a long stretch, was one of the premier goalies in the league, but has been quite average over the last three years. Um, good reporting uh, by you to get that quote out there. That really stirred things up. And I think what it does is it highlights, Kipper, just how difficult of a spot the Leafs are in. And I think the reason why they've gone so far down this path with Matt Murray is they're beginning to understand that there's so few goalies available. Like we would never on this show allege that anyone is doing anything illegal or tampering, but I view the Leafs interest in Matt Murray as their read of the market as, you know, potentially some pending unrestricted free agents begin to be quote spoken for uh, behind the scenes. You know, there's been lots of rumor and innuendo and, and chatter about the Edmonton Oilers and their potential interest in Jack Campbell. What about uh, the Washington Capitals and Darcy Kemper? Um, if those guys are indeed going somewhere, well, how many options do the Leafs have left other than trading for a Matt Murray? I mean, there is familiarity there. I mean, how many Sue Greyhound jokes can one make um, <laughs> given the connections there? But I mean, really, like you look at it and the market is incredibly thin. So not only do the Leafs have to go out and get someone that can play 50 games, which is a big question mark, not just with Murray's play, but also his ability to stay healthy. But if indeed it is Matt Murray, it just highlights the importance of getting a backup that's capable that can play in tandem with him should he not be able to go. So um, this is a really delicate dance for Kyle Dubas and I wonder if deep down, given the team that they have, even though it's the most important position on the ice, do they take anything from the Colorado Avalanche and the run that they just went on? Darcy Kemper, the worst save percentage for a cup-winning goalie in 45 years. Do they look at that and say, our team can score in the same way that maybe we can paper over some of the mistakes that happened in net? It rarely ever happens, but the Avs, at least this last year, are proof that you can do it. So perhaps that's part of their game plan is to not chew as much of the cap up and maybe go in a little bit of a different direction, depending on how much Matt Murray costs. Frank, I'm looking at another uh, couple of Canadian teams outside Toronto here, and they've got some decisions to make too. Uh, two thoughts that come to mind. Yes, uh, Yesa Yarvi uh, has been in the rumor bo- a little bit, rumor mill. Um, Connor Brown also uh, talked about a little bit. Uh, do you have a sense that either of those guys could be on the move at some point here? Yeah, it, it certainly seems likely, especially in the case of Yarvi that He's played his last game in Edmonton. I don't know that it's necessarily with all the things going on in the next day or two, quite front burner for the Oilers. Like they're focusing on so many different things, um, including nailing down their goaltending situation, as we had just spoken about. Um, They are, you know, Connor Brown, his name has been out there as well. Uh, It seems like that's heading in in the right direction for Ottawa in terms of trying to, to move him. Um, what's interesting about the Oilers, and I'm, I'm about to post the story on dailyfaceoff.com, talks have gone sideways a bit with Evander Kane. So 
I think that's where Connor Brown comes in. Um, These two sides remain pretty far apart on what a contract extension would look like. Kane's camp is steadfast in their belief that they can get somewhere between 40 and $50 million on the open market, which would indicate a long-term deal. I don't have any sense that the Oilers are willing to go long-term on Evander Kane, given all that's gone on, given the uncertainty with his uh, contract termination grievance with the San Jose Sharks. So um, they're looking and actively out there trying to search for replacements. We've got some cap space. You know, now that Duncan Keith and Mike Smith are not coming back, how do we use that appropriately? Who is the best fit? It's a shame because the Vander Kane, I think they felt like was the best stylistic fit, you know, a pure finisher that has size and edge to his game. Um, but they've, they haven't really made any progress. And so now this close into the deadline, it's sort of become a, a game of chicken. You know, does he really have that in the bag out there? Is someone going to be giving Evander Kane a six- or a seven-year deal? Or does this take a different shape in the next 24 hours? Frank, just tell me, excuse me, just tell me which team. Give me one team that would be willing to go there for Evander Kane that isn't Edmonton. I I don't, I can't. Can you? I can't. I, I mean, that's what I've been trying to figure out. But here's the thing, Kipper, it only takes one. I mean, that's what agents say all the time. That's what teams say. I don't see it, but I don't know. I I don't know. Just, I I want to stay on Edmonton's goaltending. The Leafs have known what I think for weeks now, that Jack Campbell's numbers five times five. And the Leafs will not go five million on any goalie moving forward. So is is this going to play out like Hyman did last year, where a week before UFA, everybody knew what Edmonton had offered Hyman, and that that deal was well uh, reported before an official UFA. Is this going to play out the same way for Jack? It, it feels like that's the case, and it also feels like Toronto has maybe. I don't want to say miss the boat, but they had a real opportunity for a long time to bring Jack Campbell back. And it's not really all that different than the Hyman situation in that it feels like they sort of got to that last, you know, week and we're like, Oh man, like we're not re-signing Jack or Zach Hyman. And what would it take to make it happen? Can we circle back and try and do something? And I think with Campbell, his original intention was always to come back to the Leafs. That's what he wanted to do. And yet, for the longest time, they sort of parked him to the side and didn't really have any substantive discussions. And the number kind of always was what the number was for the Leafs and for Campbell. Um, I don't know how it's ultimately going to work out because I think they're, you know, look, no matter what, Edmonton has been in a spot before where they thought they had a goalie. Jacob Markstrom was supposed to be their guy a couple of years ago. And if he, you know, we, we all know how that played out at the last second. Everyone believed that there was something in place. So until it's done, it's not done. Um, I think the Leafs would like to try and make something happen with Campbell. I just don't know. I don't know if it's possible at this point. All right, last one for me, Frank. We just before we had you on, we uh, we chatted about Chicago and all their mayhem, their their gigantic directional change here. 
are are you thinking Taves and Kane stick it out, or do you think those guys end up in different jerseys by trade deadline this year? I, you know, it's hard to handicap because those conversations are really just beginning to take place. I would say it's much more likely that Jonathan Taves stays and probably not even necessarily by choice. Like, I don't know that he, he seems to have expressed the most frustration about the path that the, the uh, Blackhawks have gone down. But, you know, who's going to be taking Jonathan Taves at anywhere close to that cap hit? It, it, he does, he's not anywhere near the same player that he once was. I think he recognizes that. Um, and they're in a tough spot. You know, they're probably not getting much back for him, even if they're retaining a lot. So, Oh, boy, um, Frank, I, I think he's still at a high level, pal. I really do. And I think there would be uh, a tremendous interest. Okay, maybe I'm misreading yeah. the market. No, that's um, just my opinion. I think Patrick Kane is at is obviously still at an incredibly high level, and I think Patrick Kane will be at a high level. You know, he, he could be one of those guys we could see playing at 42 um, with his skill set and his skating and his, his, you know, everything that goes into his game. Um, I think there would be tons of interest in Patrick Kane uh, at full boat, uh, willing to just do anything to get him in your lineup. So, um, you know, I, I would say that, I don't know, maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe I'm misreading the market. I just think there's been certainly less clamoring for Jonathan Taves to this point than Patrick Kane, if that's fair. Well, you're one of the good ones when it comes to reading the market, and uh, we'll be following you, uh, Frank, uh, throughout this uh, process this week. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Thanks, Frank. Frank Saravalli. Uh, one of uh, the top NHL insiders on daily faceoff. Uh, man, I think I think I think teams would really like to revisit uh, Pat Kane and, and working. And again, uh, the longer the the regular season goes, the more money off the the contract, the more that teams will be able to kind of manipulate maybe that last move by moving out to certain uh certain contracts and then maybe you revisit uh, uh resigning him at a at a number that uh both teams are comfortable with yeah uh, it's gonna be fascinating to keep an eye on that obviously some good good players available later yeah. this year all right we'll take a quick break man that's packing in jb i know a solid 40 minutes on the real kipper and born show we are back after these messages Great daily gambling advice from J.D., Blake, and Ailish in the Fan Morning Show's Wake and Rake. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne. Over the weekend, Nashville Predators announced Philip Forsberg, 27-year-old, so right in the wheelhouse to sign an eight-year deal, JB, $68 million. Carrying an 8.5 AAV for the 42-goal score. Mm-hmm. Uh, your initial thoughts on that uh, marketplace and also Nashville just refuses to let go. <laughs> <laughs> the dream. Yeah. No, I think it's a great contract. I got no problem with that for, I think, uh, exceptional player scores. You mentioned 42 goals um, at his age. Yeah, yeah, that's value. To me, that's that's a value contract on an elite offensive producer. But you're right. I look at the Predators and I go, 
They're going to win a Stanley Cup with Matt Duchesne and Ryan Johansson as their main guys. I don't know. You know, so yeah, Nashville's got to pick a direction here. The the, the one strength of, of Nashville seems since uh, the early days of uh, Shea Weber is that blue line. And McDonough, Ekholm, Yossi, man, that's, uh, it, it's still, it's exceptionally high end. It's great, but it hasn't worked, right? Like, okay, yeah. they've had a great decor. It's not, it's not been the answer. They've had great goaltending and great defense forever now. And it has not proven to be their answer. Um, who's the all-time leading point getter for the Nashville Predators? Uh, I mean, that's a legitimate question. Like, I'm just saying they haven't had a guy, yeah. an elite, elite scorer. So can't let Forsberg go. Uh, still need a little bit more offense out of that group. And if you factor in uh, Johnny Gaudreau there with a, a Forsberg situation, you got to think then uh, – Johnny Hockey's going to end up with nine and a half minimum, you think, right? Yeah, I think it's probably nine and a half if he stays with Calgary. If he goes to the open market, do you think he'll make more, right? They can only go seven years, so you got to pay him a little bit more, got to lure him. Again, though, uh, everybody's in cap hell. Uh, so much talk about uh, the Islanders. Do they go JT Miller? Do they go Johnny Gaudreau? Um, either way, uh, Miller would be in a position to ask for nine, nine and a half. Same thing on an extension, correct? Yeah. That's the issue in Vancouver. Much more Lou Lamorello and Islanders player, JT Miller, than Johnny Goodrow. So I could see yeah. them wanting a guy like that. They got to find someone to score goals in New York. Tony D'Angelo uh, certainly did a, a good job in Carolina. He goes to Philly for three draft picks. What a signing that was for Carolina. The, uh, Tortorella, D'Angelo combination. Uh, does that have a chance to get some uh, fireworks going? I don't know. They might be two like-minded individuals. They might be boys. This could, they could be besties. Maybe it's the best case scenario for D'Angelo. Or the opposite. It's, it's, I don't think it's going to go okay. I think it's either going to go amazingly or terribly. One of the two. JT Miller, Blake Wheeler, uh, Chikrin, Tarasenko, uh, Tyson Berry, uh, Jeff Petrie in Montreal. Uh, which names stand out to you? Well, Wheeler, I think, is interesting because that would mark a major shift in direction for the Winnipeg Jets, who are much like Nashville in the continuing to go forward as a okay team. You know, somewhere between the 14th and the 18th best team in the league. You know, do they want to just get rid of those guys and change direction? Chikrin feels like it's got to happen, doesn't it? By the way, Arizona. Arizona's schedule came out, and Frank Saravalli tweeted about yeah. that last night. Did you have a look at what their schedule looks like? What is it? They No. No Saturday home games for the entire NCAA season. Yeah. Two home games in November and two in December. I think they have a 14-day road trip at one point. The NHL is just like, this is not even an NHL franchise. Like, yeah. there's no respect for that team. Yeah, and I said last week that I thought Arizona could be a surprise team, and I'm like, yeah, that was just dumb of me. <laughs> I watching them at that draft and how they want to just absorb bad contracts. I'm like, yeah, that was just dumb. What did you think of the same the, the matching suits thing? I'm fine with it. Okay, you thought it was goofy. You know, I didn't think it was goofy till I heard Bill Armstrong talk, and uh, <laughs> then it came off as goofy to me. But it, it just, I like the idea of know. unity I, I, and whatever, but it does, it felt a little college to me or something, but I, it's okay. Yes, and 
I don't. Got to do something different if you're in Arizona. When, when, so that's when fine. you're, you know, when you're scraping the bottom of the barrel, you you need different ways to bring people together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I misery agree. loves company, and so do suits. <laughs> so I was actually okay with. I'm it. okay with it. Too. It's all. I would. It would almost be something I think I would do. Yeah, I yeah. get it. Like you, like they're they're grasping at straws in Arizona, man. Like. You know, they're a punchline right now. And I, I, to be honest, Kipper, I think they're in an unfair situation. The NHL having them, you know, play in a 5,000-seat college rink, it's just the, the whole thing is it's a bit of a mockery right now. I so don't know. They're, they're grasping the straws for legitimacy, and I get I it. don't know where they go. I don't know where they go with the ownership and the money behind them. But if there's true money behind them, I'm okay with them taking the body blows and the uppercuts and the left hooks right now. I think there could be a good payoff for them uh, three or four years from now. There could I, be. I the really problem do, is... If there's money. If there's money yes, behind them. Real I agree. Money to yes. support them. The, the problem okay. is that tanking doesn't guarantee success down the road. Tons of teams have tanked. Buffalo. Let me Detroit, ask you on this. Do we, do, we, uh, do we hear ground gaining in the next 24 hours, Matt Murray and the Toronto Maple Leafs? I've talked myself into it happening, so yes. Do you think there's a thought of Pierre Dorian right now going, do I really want to send him down the highway no, here and no. watch him jam no. it down my throat? Oh, God, no. I he's Put him on whatever shipping container will take him out of town. That's what Dorian thinks. All right. Let me uh, say uh, thank you to Frank Saravalli for joining us. Uh, and uh, we're right back tomorrow. What happens between now and then? We'll find out. Have a great night, everybody.